You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Here to bring you the casual conversations on the shows and concerts and events that we see and observe throughout our careers. We'd like to stop right now and let you know that these this, this episode will feature spoilers, so stop listening if you have not seen the content we are about to discuss or Listen on if you'd like. But we are discussing a Broadway show that is playing in New York City titled Take Me Out. This is playing through Second Stage at the Helen Hayes Theater on Broadway. This is a revival of a play written by Richard Greenberg, directed by Scott Ellis. And we know there's some stars in the show, Patrick J. Adams and Jesse Williams and Jesse Tyler Ferguson, amongst a whole other slew of wonderful performances. So... You've been warned that we're talking about Take Me Out on Broadway in New York City. Uh, And before we start, I'd just like to say that, yes, this is a revival of a play. Um, It won Best Play when it was on Broadway, I believe, in the early 2000s. Mm. Now we're here as a revival. And this is up for four Tony nominations for Best Revival of a Play. And then three of the actors are all in the same category of best performance by an actor in a featured role in a play for Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Michael Oberholzer, and Jesse Williams. So it's always, now that it's Tony season, it's always nice to kind of know what's nominated, what's going on, and uh, what do we think about this play as a whole, Mm. Jeffrey? I thought that the play itself was good. It wasn't fantastically perfect. It wasn't terrible. I thought there was a lot of great things happening in this play. Um, but yeah, I just, for me as a whole, I just think it was good. I just okay. sit like, you know, I'm a little on the fence with something. So we'll go into more detail here, but what about for you? I think that I, I thought act one moved kind of slow and I wasn't quite sure where the plot was going. And I really enjoyed act two a lot more than act one. Cause I feel like there was a lot of there was better dramatic scenes. There was more character plot development. It seemed to move um, better. This seemed to just be a commentary piece yeah. on sexuality, on racism, and the industry of baseball. Yeah. 
-hmm. How often do we see baseball and that industry portrayed on a Broadway stage, right? So I think that was kind of cool that this play made the commentary on that. I don't think it needed to be anything more than that. So it was an extreme... Listen, it could have really dived into some of these characters, and we've kind of learned a ton more about all these characters. Sure, that would have been kind of cool. Um, but I think for a two-hour, a little over two-hour play on Broadway to just make some commentary and make you think and leave the theater and say, hmm, what, what is going on in this industry? And is this true? What's, are some, mm-hmm. You know, how these, some of these people feel? Also, it's remarkable to me like that play could have been written today. Yeah. And to think that 20 years ago, it's been just about 20 years. Well, it takes place in 2002. Right. right? So 20 years later, are we still seeing some of the same things? Yes and no, but kind of yes still a lot of the difficulties that I think the industry is presenting um, to its players and and what people are dealing with for sure. But overall, yes, to answer your question, I would say – it was a good play. It yeah. is a good play. There are some – I liked the performances of those three actors the best. Mm-hmm. I understand why they are nominated. I really enjoyed those character arcs and those performances in a good play, of course, too. Mm-hmm. I thought the play was good, but I did really, really like the performances. I do kind of agree with you, too. Uh, like, thinking about it, I was putting myself back into 2002, <clears throat> and I was wondering how many characters are actually coming out – publicly or not coming out because they feel like they can't in such a masculine, like what an American version of masculine is, Mm -hmm. you know? So for me, I was looking at this and I, and I said to myself, who, how often does that still happen today? Right? Like we don't really hear a lot of, you know, sports jockey guys just like coming out and being themselves sometimes we do here and there you know i think we hear it in a lot of different sports like soccer or you know um tennis Mm -hmm. but like in the major like american sports it's like baseball and i think i remember hearing um the coach say to him you know it was interesting that you came out after you got your contract Mm -hmm. and i said i was like oh okay that's interesting how Would he have not have received the contract if he came out? Right. Or how secure did he feel in the job before – or how secure did he need to feel before he came out, right? Right. And I wonder if that's something that, like, this play is bringing as a message to, as a whole to many people. Mm-hmm. I think especially during that time of 2002, like, any job, you really don't want to disclose your – sexual orientation because Mm -hmm. you're like, Oh, I might not get this job because you know, maybe this person doesn't like gay people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that was interesting. And have we moved further 20 years later in the right direction? Sure. I think it's some industries. It's it's in some industries, you know, look at how many Olympic athletes are out Mm -hmm. and performing right in their, in their craft. There's definitely, to me, what I really thought the play was doing a great job with was commenting on the reaction of the other seven or eight guys. Who was the guy that you barely heard from that could care less? Who was the guys that constantly spoke in another language about it? Mm -hmm. Who were the guys that were so on the defense, but not in a negative way, just like, oh, I don't really care if you're gay or not, but, uh, 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 uh," you know, and, and everyone in between. I think that commentary, similar to when you come out, what the commentary is, maybe amongst family and friends and the general public of people. Some people are like, yeah, that's cool. You're good. Awesome. Or some mm-hmm. people are saying, oh, uh, you know, I, I think gay people are great, you know, being feeling defensive and everything in between, right? So I thought that was really interesting to me. And the play didn't 
it didn't seem to tote a safety line. It really went to a place of, yeah, we're going to bring showers on stage. Yeah. And we're going to show a locker room scene. And we're going to show some of those places like, yeah, let's not be afraid to go there and say, how would some of these people react? What would they be saying or doing in this hyper-masculine environment? Right. And as an audience member, you have to sit there and you have to watch some of those awkward conversations that they're having because the straight white male doesn't know how Mm -hmm. to react when something happens. They don't know how to react when even the foreign members come into the team where, you know, a teammate is from Japan or a teammate speaks Spanish. They don't know how to react. Mm -hmm. And I think that was such a focal point in this play, too, that we're watching some of these guys who may be from, like, the South or the Midwest or something like that. And they don't know how to speak to other people other than what they've known. Yes. And or also how baseball has become other than females, but in the, you know, because it's a male dominated industry here in America it becomes a commentary on, oh, all different people from all different cultures come to play baseball, especially mm-hmm. for the Yankees or a big American baseball team. Right. All different nationalities. people Because you're all there to play a game. You're all paid a lot of money to do this thing that you do very well, mm-hmm. regardless of your nationality. Regard- but now it's like, okay, you know, I think this play does a really good job of saying there's racial issues here. And there's sexual orientation issues here. And I think the play makes me as an audience member say, are those two things the same or not? Can we compare racial struggles in baseball and sexual orientation struggles? To me, the answer is yes and no. Mm-hmm. They're similar in a way. But I think the play tried to make it really clear, like, no, they're also very different. Because I'll never forget in that shower scene when Jesse Williams, uh, Dar- Darren is the character, goes to Shane, played by Michael Oberholzer, And he's like, oh, you must be, you must have said something, I'm paraphrasing, but something like you must have said some of those things on air or whatever because you're afraid to be like me. And then mm-hmm. he was like, no, he's like, oh, you're afraid to be black like me? And he's not black. Mm-hmm. He's like, no. He's like, oh, are you black? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, it must be then you're gay. Oh, you must be gay. That's why you're saying, you know, like, what can you see versus what can you not see? And I think that was a really interesting dialogue there. As the audience, we were uncomfortable. Like, why is he saying he's black? He's not. Uh, you know, to the to Shane. But now he's saying, oh, maybe it's because he's gay. And then he kisses him and that's and it starts all these problems. You know, who's more uncomfortable here? Well, and I, I think that's a really interesting. And where, what more of an uncomfortable place to set it than in a, a shower with other men that you work with? I mean, like that just added to the heightened drama to me from a playwright's perspective. It worked well, I think. Well, I think that takes on something around when people have defense mechanisms and they put up these walls, people immediately assume you're doing that because you are this. Right, right. Oh, okay, he's doing that because he's lashing out for being the same way Mm -hmm. as me. And I think that's just like a play on what we assume. Yeah. You know? So, interesting. It is interesting, and I think that it's interesting to see how we talk about these really hot-button issues in 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 a game where... It's almost interesting, too, because what they're doing in their job, in their profession, is a physical, very specific skill set that you have to be, like, really, 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 really good at. So it's amazing to me that what they're doing on the field is a fact – well, I mean, the playwright's kind of trying to perceive this anyway – 
Whether this is happening really in baseball or not, I would think that this is a pretty accurate display. But I think what the playwright was trying to say was, what happens off stage, off camera, off the field, really can affect what's going on on the field. Mm-hmm. To the point where, you know, in theater, how often do we learn, like, your dog could die that morning, but you have to still go on stage and perform, regardless of what you're dealing with in your personal life. Similar to baseball, you have to go do your job. And how many times do we say in the play, they lost, they're doing bad, they, they're not doing well. It was almost like the morale of the team in the off field mm-hmm. really was affected to the point where, look, someone died yeah. because of something happening really off killed off stage. Yeah. That was interesting to me, I thought. I did think that was interesting mm-hmm. because Shane he they didn't I I feel like they kept trying to trick you in where they were going with that character. Mm-hmm. And that's what I found most interesting too because it was like he w- threw that ball and it hit Davy and it killed Davy. Mm-hmm. And it almost, you almost thought for a second that he did that to defend Darren. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that at all. He was just angry and he was doing something because he thought he was told to do it. Yeah, it was all, well, it was totally an example of miscommunication and misinterpretation. Who thought they heard what? Who thought they saw what? Who thought they did what? Mm -hmm. That was very interesting to me. And I thought it was interesting when they would say, it seemed to always be, some characters seem to always bring it back to the game. Mm-hmm. The coach being like, I don't care, but I don't know if that guy is coming back or not. That's above my head, but I'm your coach and I just want you to play well. Or like they wanted the Shane guy to come back even after all those horrible comments he made at the end of Act One. Mm-hmm. They wanted him to come. Some of them, oh, well, who was the lead, the, the lead narrator who wrote the letter? Kippy. Right. Wrote the letter so that he could try to get it back because it was just about the game. Whereas... You have Darren, Jesse Williams' character, basically saying, no, we have to stop for a second because there are problems and it's not just because of the game. And I'm ready to leave. Well, I th- And I think that's where we go into like he – how many times did he say, I have to meet with my financial advisor. I have to meet with my accountant. I have to – because I have to really consider leaving here. Yeah. Well, I think there's such a example of – and I think Jesse Tyler Ferguson's character brings this into play. Yeah. And whose his character's name is Mason. Yeah. But I think he really brings that in and shows us that the game of baseball is the game of life. Right. And you get to take the game of baseball at your own pace and you get to take the game of life at your own pace. And when you win, you're at the top in your life. Mm-hmm. And when you lose... You're just at the bottom. Mm. And I really found that like analogy to be quite interesting because I never really think of it like that. But yeah, you're playing this game and the game could go on and on and on until someone wins. And right. I love when Justin Tyler Ferguson says, there's no clock in this game. Right. You just play the game you until you get – and if it's tied, when you, what happens? Extra innings. We keep going until we can't anymore, which we find out someone eventually wins this game. Right. But also, someone eventually dies in the game. Yeah. And I think that's It does what, become a life or death And issue. I think that's what relates to you and what you're saying about the whole, the whole game of life here is that what happens offstage 
is what is happening on the fa- on the field. Mm-hmm. I'm saying off stage. What happens off the field right. also happens right. on the field. Whatever anger you're taking or whatever, however tired you are, shows on the field. Right. right. But and then and I always think a play can be titled really well. And I think when you hear Take Me Out, when I first heard the title of like Take Me Out, I thought, okay, like take me out to the ball game. Like we all know that famous song. Yeah. So there's that. But then it's like take me out, like coming out of the closet. Yeah. Take me out of the closet. Then there's like take me out of this industry. Yeah. And then there's you took him out, you took him out because they killed someone. So yeah. they took him out. I mean, that's just amazing that you can think of all these examples with those three words. Right. I think that's a really, really smart way to just And then also play. take me out of where I am during that time and then put me in the game. Mm-hmm. Take me out of my life and put me in the game. Yeah. Right. And when you're on the field, does everything else go away? And I think the thing with Shane was it didn't. Right. When they took him out of his life. Well, he went and home he went and, off. He and then had when he was put in then. the game, he didn't take himself out of that situation. Right. But he also then was banned from baseball. His life right. was ended. And then he got worse and got criminal when he moved away. And, and you know. Yeah. But then <clears throat> you also look at it and you say, let's go back to Jesse Tyler Ferguson's character, for example. There's the comedic relief. Yeah. There's someone who you really – Look for on the stage for a sense of, oh, you're the you're the average Joe, the quote unquote regular person that the audience can relate to. Because I don't I don't play baseball. And everyone here on this stage is talking about baseball. And I actually thought going in this was going to be a bunch of baseball lingo. And I was going to be like, mm, I don't know how much of this mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to relate to. But no, it totally wasn't as much of that. Jesse Tyler Ferguson's character was amazing to me because what did baseball do to him? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it put him in the happiest place. Right, it gave him life. Yeah, it gave he him a sense able- of, of meaning and say, "Oh, I'm I'm gay, but I'm, I'm no one really wants to hang out with me, and I'm kind of a you know." But and and someone like Jesse Williams' character pulls him out of that and says, "Yeah, I'll give you these seats." And he like loves, and I love the commentary Jesse Tyler Ferguson says, "Be like, this is you get so excited, you get so into it, and you win, and you're at the top, and you feel so good." And he felt so good about himself. But I feel like there's so much with that character too that's important mm. because he was able to use baseball to escape, to take him out of yeah. his life, yeah, and escape there, yeah, and enjoy it, which a lot of but people not. Do. Yeah, yeah, of course. But not care enough about the players Mm. to say like, oh, when Darren, Jesse Williams' character, was really down, Mason's like, no, you got to stay in. You got to stay in. You have to stay in. And it wasn't taken – like there was no consideration for it. It was just like you – when they wanted to, so when like Kippy and Darren and Shane needed to escape baseball, like the other three main characters there, they couldn't mm. before for the fans. They couldn't escape anymore. Yeah. Right? I mean, and well, yeah, there's also this sense of what money does. Yeah. And it was always became about the money. Of course. He had all this money, but yet he still couldn't leave it. But he was worried about if he'd be okay after, but he has all this money, you know? So, you know, because. It's such a commentary on so many parts of the industry, too. Yeah. How the industry operates and how people operate within it, too. What did you – let's go to the, like, four main cast members here with Kippy, played by Patrick 
Jay Adams, Darren, played by Jesse Williams, Shane, played by Michael, how do you say, Ober, Oberholzer? Uh, Oberholzer, yeah. Oberholzer. Mm-hmm. And then Mason, played by Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Like, who really stood out for you out of those four? What did you love about some of them? I mean, I thought they did bring some great acting performances to the stage. I thought Shane, uh, Michael Oberholzer's performance in the court, in the uh, police office scene at the end was mind-blowing it was i was like oh my god you sometimes when i see an actor hitting hitting up a, a high like that for a long time and screaming and screaming i'm like oh my god oh this is too much like calm down but no it totally worked and i, I remember thinking he his vo- he must be on vocal rest all day he's mm-hmm. just screaming at that point of the show so that was amazing to me um, I thought he was really, really good in that moment alone. It was interesting watching his performance because someone who's so misunderstood by everyone else, he's so he misunderstands himself, and he doesn't know how to fight his own demons. Mm-hmm. And or the only way he feels like he can get heard is by just getting literally louder, louder, angry, throwing yeah. things, throwing things where it kills someone, and also like the in that scene where they're talking about him in the future after he's already like, you're banned from baseball. They say he takes a shotgun and he goes to all the convenience stores and he shoots milk. Yeah. And I, I I tried to think about that a little bit more and I was like, why? Yeah. Like, what does that represent? And I think there's so much for like the milk, like your mother, your mother's milk and what you're attached to or whatever. I don't know if there's some, relation to that but the father killing his mother and like him not having a life there there's so much trauma and tragedy there but but at the end of the day this is what i'm saying about the commentary on the industry it was he plays baseball really well yeah and this is sometimes the problem i find with many industries you can do something really well and does your personal life not matter so here's someone who for shane's character he has he says all these like horrible things and yet people still try to figure out a way to get him back on the team. Jesse well, think, Williams' character just comes out and there's problems and, and, right. and people have a problem with him about it. And it's like, what do we as a society and as this baseball industry constitute as allowed versus not allowed? Socially, I'm speaking. You're allowed to say these horrible things, but oh, it wasn't about you. I just said about in general. Oh, well, okay. I think that's Are we point. supposed to be okay with that? I think that's the point with Kippy's character who I I don't – was he like the captain of the team? Yeah, I maybe. He seemed like the narrator. The Right. The, it seemed like he yeah. had some, you know, place on the team. Mm-hmm. But he tried to make it seem like, okay, if I write this letter for Shane, like, I can help him get back on the team because I know that he could possibly be a good person. Mm-hmm. So maybe people will forget about some of the things he said if he could learn how to apologize. But – that's where it was lacking. He couldn't get Shane to own up to what he did. Mm-hmm. And it showed. Right. And and going back to talking about performances, I thought Jesse Williams as Darren was great. Yeah. He really had these lines that came right out and and he was trying to defend himself. Yeah. It was a it was a lead character that really he worked so well I thought in the role. There's a question I have for you about that because I've been seeing some people on like social media post about him and being cast in that role. And I, I feel like we've talked about this maybe before, but like he is known to be straight Mm. and he's playing a gay character in this. And I'm, I don't know if I feel indifferent about it or 
or not, or maybe I don't feel anything at all because I feel like when you're cast as something, you should be able to just play the role. Whether it's well, like it's the argument between acting, yeah, playing something you're not versus identifying as that and being able to portray that. Yeah, I think when you're looking at something like there's not enough out gay actors representing in their films or in their plays enough. Mm-hmm. And when, when we get to a point where there's enough equal representation, maybe, but yeah, this is an example of, yeah, I can understand how both sides of this would look at it and like, well, he's playing a character versus no, why is a gay actor not playing that? Character? Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I just wanted to touch on it. A, yeah. a, a tiny or, bit or there's also the age old question of like straight identifying actors can play gay roles. But then sometimes society has a problem with gay identifying actors playing straight roles. Hmm. And the first thing straight or uh, the first thing um, people will say about something like this, oh, can he can he play gay? Can he play straight? Well, what is playing straight and playing gay? Here's someone like Jesse Williams, who's this like very masculine actor who's not playing straight or playing gay. He's just a baseball player coming out. And And I think that's. What is what is gay and straight in an acting performance? You know? Right, and I also think it's interesting too because it's like he didn't. I think he just played the role. Yeah, he didn't have to transform into something mm-hmm. where you know, like James Corden, for example. If he's playing a gay character, it's like it's turning a switch on, mm-hmm. and I think that angers people more than when something like this happens. Right. I don't know. I just. Yeah. I figured yeah. I would bring it up because well, I keep seeing people post about it. And it's like, I, I've, so, I've seen people post about, first of all, his nudes being leaked from the show. Right, right. And then people being like, uh, can we start talking again why he's even playing the gay character yeah, to begin with? So and I was like, like, okay, yeah. now it's like ripple effect here of like what's happening. And it's and, like. And going back to the the characters in the play for a second too, I think what's also interesting is when there, someone had the line that said, well, all the homoerotic tendencies we have in here, like hugging each other and snapping towels at each other, we can't do that anymore now. And it's like, wait a second. So you admit that you have homoerotic tendencies in this very masculine environment and it's okay when you're all like, but I'm not gay, so we can do it. Right. Versus, oh, you're gay now, we can't do that anymore. I find that to be so interesting to me. Just, how that, just that those statements in general. It's like... Who cares? And I think that the there was the dialogue in the beginning between Jesse and one of his teammates where he was immediately like, I, like, I don't want to hook up with you. And Jesse's like, what makes you think I would want to hook right. up with you? Well, it becomes this thing, right, with, with the hyper-masculine environments and men in general. It becomes this label issue yeah. where a lot of men feel like if I kissed a guy once, I'm gay. Oh, my gosh, everyone's going to think I'm gay. And I'm labeled. I'm gay. Uh, sometimes that is not always the case for women, for example, sometimes, and it is sometimes, but sometimes a woman kiss another woman. Okay. Yeah. She can go back to dating guys. But sometimes people look at men as like, oh, if you kissed a guy once, you'll, you can't go back to dating. You no, know, you are gay now. You know, this lay, this horrible labeling, this labeling. So there's this, oh, well, if I'm in a locker room with a bunch of other married guys and we're all snapping towels at each other and we're all like hugging each other and touching each other. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's cool. Whatever. But now there's a gay guy involved, so a gay guy sees it, a gay guy does the gay guy want to participate in it or not. That's what I'm, I'm saying that's what they're they're worried about now. Yeah. It's so, so silly because it's like, why are you so worried? Just be yourself and do what you want to do regardless of the environments of, you know, it's just bizarre yeah, in some Yeah, it ways. immediately goes to a, a different place. Yeah. And it's like your pride and your masculinity is being 
ruined because mm-hmm. someone there might find you attractive. You should feel honored, I think, if someone <laughs> finds you attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I've heard stories growing up. I know very masculine environments that gay guys eventually came out and it changed the whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I, you know? Yeah. It's a very interesting commentary. I would also like to say, um, this, this, you know, just commenting quick on like the lighting, the costumes, the sound. There was some cool sound effects, I thought. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool way of bringing the, the cracking of the baseball bat into changing scenes and things like that. The, this series was okay. Yeah. Um, the direction was fine. It was, it was you know, simple. Simple. Play, play a two-person scene down center a lot. Seemed to be, I wish there was some all different levels. Yeah, it was but this was a play that just kind of, it was a word play. It was a play about dialogue. So there was a lot of monologues. There was a lot of moments there. And then I, I, I guess sometimes we always want to see the boundaries pushed and sometimes mm-hmm. it's not needed. But I think when there's a lot of dialogue, even when we saw something like how to, how I learned to drive, that was there was a, long uh, monologues. Yeah. There was just so much happening during yeah. those moments and direction happening that may have been missing from mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. play, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you're standing front and center and you're just reciting lines, you could be doing so yeah, much, more, yeah. you know, yeah. especially with some of these seasoned actors yeah. that I'm pretty sure could be doing something else. Yeah. I, I do have like an interesting question for you. So mm-hmm. like it's take me out and it's the Broadway revival here and it's 20 years later when it was on Broadway. But like, who do you think this play is for now? Like as an audience member, who is this? Who should go see this? Uh, it's a great question. I think it's really kind of for like the general public, specifically general public that maybe are not theater goers, people who go to see baseball games, people who go travel for, do you know how many people like travel for sports and go and invest thousands of dollars in tickets for sports? And maybe people like that who say, oh, I don't really see Broadway shows, but I like sports. What are they talking about here? Right. Something like that. Yeah. Maybe the average theater, maybe it's not for like the diehard theater goer, although a lot of diehard theater goers that I know are loving this and I loved it. So, um, I agree. I think it's for kind of both. I, I do think there's, I think there's a sense of awareness that comes from this play mm-hmm. from both sides or many sides of w- what your opinion on baseball is to begin with. Yeah. But like someone like you and I, who like we've been to baseball games plenty of times, sure. but like to see Jesse Tyler Ferguson up there and actually have a moment with baseball, I was like, wow, I kind of want to get a group of friends together and go to a baseball game and just like, you know, like my buddies and be like, let's go. But also I I think of a lot of my family members, baseball's huge in my family. And I wonder if some of them should go see this and Mm. say, wow, there's a lot of things that could be toxic in this industry that could be worked on. Especially when you hear this, I think it's the last line of the play or the second to last line of the play, Justice Tyler Ferguson says, it's tragic. Yeah. And then he, Jesse Williams walks away and Justice Tyler Ferguson looks at the audience and says, it's tragic. Yeah. What's tragic? Yeah. The industry? The whole circumstance of death that happened in the events? Yeah. Or tragic that this is how we treat each other? Yeah. I think that's so interesting to me that that is the last line or one of the last lines where he goes, it's tragic, something like that. Mm. Um, so, oh, oh it's oh. time to wrap it up. So as we're moving forward, let's yes. do our roundup. What are your final thoughts? Roundup, I was like, I actually think we talked a lot more about this piece than I thought we were going to mm. be able to talk about. So great. And I think there's, I, I have like three other questions that we didn't even get to. So I thought that this was... A, now I'm changing my opinion. I think this is a great think piece play. Um, definitely, if you want to go consume in something 
you should go see this play and definitely feel a little bit more aware after, you know, it is I, an I awareness think for yeah. sure. Just you to know. feel that's how I, my roundup would be too. It's a great play, great performances. It is only running till I believe June 11th. So there's only about a month or so left of the run. If you do want to go check it out, if you listen to this and haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great performances. I hope it gets a few Tony wins. Cause I think it deserves yeah. it. Um, well, it would only get, you know, three of their four nominations are all one category. So, <laughs> yeah, but the chances of one of them winning is pretty high. The three Definitely. Of them. Um, I would just like to say, I thought Jesse Tyler Ferguson was really, really, really great. I think he has amazing comedic timing. I thought his one-liners were hilarious. They all were great. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to see some of these faces up on stage. So, yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed today and we hope you listen to more of our podcasts in the future. Head over to all our social medias at Half Hour Podcast. Follow, find us on Spotify and Apple Music. Follow us. Also, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Half Hour Podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. More plays coming up, more things. It's Tony season. Woo-hoo. So there's lots of things. Uh, Getting them all in. We're seeing and we're talking about. So <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. And signing off for now, this is Richie. And I'm Jeff. Saying ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.